Welcome to this episode of Come Follow Me, Disciples Journey. We'll finish out the week here with sections 56 and 57. So Edward, uh, sorry, Ezra there, supposed to serve mission. He was called back. Remember we talked about in uh, section 52 um, that he was called to be serve mission, but he was not ready, was not prepared, did not prepare himself. He was supposed to go with Thomas B. Marsh and... Um, so Joseph didn't know what to do. So he asks the Lord, and this is the answer in section 56. The Lord chastises pretty um, sternly Edward Thayer, uh, especially in the latter portions of this section. Uh, one one verse I want to talk about here is, Wherefore I, the Lord, command it, and revoke as it seemeth me good. And all this to be answered upon the heads of the rebellious, saith the Lord. What does that mean? You know, it sounds like the Lord changes his mind here. What does this mean? Because the he revoked a commandment. It was no longer in effect. Well, what does that mean? Why would he do that? Well, it's, it, let's break down what's happened here. He'd given Edward there, Ezra, I keep on calling him Edward, Ezra, there, a commandment. And why? He gave him this commandment as an opportunity to be blessed. He gives us commandments as opportunities to be blessed. Commandments are... Uh, they flow forth out of one thing. And what is that? What is the work and the glory of God to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man? So why would he give us commandments? Because it helps to accomplish that goal, that objective, that blessing for us. We learn later on in the Doctrine and Covenants that it is when we are obedient to any commandment that we are blessed. When we receive a blessing, it's because we were obedient to a commandment upon which that blessing was predicated. Well, we can't get those blessings without giving getting those commandments. So he gives Ezra there in this example an opportunity to be blessed. That's look at that. That's what a commandment is: is an opportunity to be blessed. He gave Ezra there that commandment, that opportunity, and Ezra there declined it. So now he says, "All right, I'm going to withdraw that commandment." Well, two reasons he would do that. Number one is so that Ezra there now can be. Well, the first reason he gives it is now not he's gave Ezra there an, an opportunity to be blessed, but now it's also an opportunity for Ezra there to be accountable, which are which is related, right? Blessings and accountability are related. We often think of agency and accountability; those are related. Those are connected principles that can't be t- torn apart. But we also we have, a lot of times think think of accountability as, as this negative thing of like we have to bear the weight of our of our sins and we have to, you know, whatever, you know, whatever it might be that, you know, we have the, the consequences, the negative consequences. But the thing is, this is with Jesus Christ, with the atonement of, of Christ, with the gospel of Christ, we get to bear the accountability for our righteous actions as well. And our negative actions, our sins and our trials and our troubles are consecrated for our good because of the atonement of Christ. Now, Satan's plan was that we would have no accountability, that he would get all the glory. Christ's plan was, we'll go down, I'll do it, but all the glory be whose? God's. Okay, now let's work backwards from that. God's work and his glory is to what? What is his glory? When God, Christ says, all the glory be thine, what's his glory? His work and his glory is to bring to pass the eternal life immortality and eternal life of man. So that must mean 
that our immortality, our eternal life is his glory, which means our which means we get to bear the weight of those that awesome responsibility, that awesome accountability of getting to be immortal and have eternal life. But you know, obviously we have to choose to follow Christ. We have to choose repentance. But when we do that, what's the what's the end result? The end accountability is mortality and eternal life. So he gives this commandment. Why would he retract it? He retracts it now so that he can give another commandment, give someone else an opportunity to fulfill this. Number two, because now he wants to retract, he needs to, he'll retract it because out of love and mercy for, for in this case, Ezra Thayer. Ezra's still going to be accountable for that. Was still accountable. But by removing it and no longer having it be in effect and in force, the accountability is decreased. Uh, he's not held up to the same standard. And the Lord doesn't want to because that uh, would not be great news for Ezra there. In this case. But the Lord will prepare a way for someone else to to obey that commandment, which is what he does in section 56. Uh, on my mission, there was a story of a missionary who, uh, a couple missionaries that attracted into an elderly woman. She was in her, I think, like mid-80s. She invited them in. Um, they gave her a copy of the Book of Mormon. She's baptized really quickly, reads the Book of Mormon, baptized really quickly. Um, she's approved to get her patriarchal blessing. Uh, she gets her patriarchal blessing. It comes, in, and then, uh, you know, the written version of it comes in the mail. Uh, got mailed to her by the patriarch. And she, the missionaries come over and she asks the missionaries to read uh, it to her. And they're like, oh, sister, you know, that's kind of private and personal. Really, you know, if you want to, sh- if you want to share it with us, that's like, you know, but like really should be something that's a little more personal and private. And she's like, no, others, I need you to read it to me because I can't read. I, I'm blind. I've been blind for years. So one of the cool things of this story is she'd been blind for years, hadn't been able to read a book. She wasn't completely blind, but hadn't been able to read a book because of print and things for, for years. And yet her eyes were opened enough to see that and read the book of Mormon, to get baptized. So that's number one. But number two is in this, in her preacher blessing it, um, there was some language in there that basically had promised her and told her that she was an elect spirit, someone who would have accepted the gospel years before. Uh, but a missionary who was, this isn't the exact language, but a missionary essentially who had, been prepared for to teach her the gospel that she would accept it from, uh, had actually rejected his call to serve and the Lord had needed to raise up another missionary. So that's the story. The point is, the Lord gives a commandment to someone as an opportunity to be blessed. You know, that's up to us to seize that or not. But the Lord will always, because of the atonement of Christ, because of his love and his mercy, will provide a way for someone else to fulfill those things uh, as well. So, um, that's something that I've I've wrestled with in my life is like what if people don't do this and like what are the ramifications for other people? Well, there will be ramifications. This lady had to wait, you know, decades more potentially. But the Lord, 
in his infinite goodness and wisdom, whether it's this life or the next, will make all things right. Why? Because of the atonement of Jesus Christ. It's, that's its power, is, is healing all wrongs, making all unfairness go away and um, just making everything right. So let's close out the week here with section 57. This is given in uh, Jackson County, Missouri. Um, Joseph was called by revelation to travel with Sidney Rigdon and they went to Missouri. Uh, the meeting of, this is from, uh, let me make sure the history of the church. So probably from Joseph Smith here, the meeting of our brethren, Oliver Cowdery, Peter Whitmer, Jr., Zeba Peterson, Frederick G. Williams, all of whom had gone to Missouri as missionaries who had long awaited our arrival was a glorious one and moistened with many tears. It seemed good and pleasant for the brethren to meet together in unity but our reflections were many coming as we had from a highly cultivated state of society in the East and standing now upon the confines or Western limits of the United States and looking into the vast wilderness of those that sat in darkness. They're told um, in verse four that the land should be purchased by the saints. And then there's a, it says that even the line running directly between the Jew and the Gentile. So it basically just means between the, the Missouri the Missourians and the Lamanite Native Americans, Lamanites, who's some of their ancestors, as noted in the preface of the Book of Mormon, uh, were the Lamanites, uh, who uh, were obviously of the House of Israel, came from that. So he refers to them as the Jews here. That's what the Lord's talking about. Um, they're also commanded to plant themselves. And this is uh, something I mentioned in the overview section, talking about Ohio. The Lord also mentions it here in about Missouri, that they should plant themselves with their families. This is it. Be here. Put down roots. So do what you would do if this is going to be it, which at this point, the Lord told them, is telling them, this is where Zion is going to be. Wherefore, this is the land of the promise and the place for the city of Zion, verse 2. So verse, in sections, it last, you know, 20 or so sections, there have been a handful of comments by the Lord leading up to this moment where he's now telling them, all right, this is it. This is where Zion will be. Jackson County, Missouri. Um, and he says, plant yourself here. Now, he knows that they're not going to end up staying, right? He's, he knows then from the beginning. But he's saying, act as if you will be. So uh, I'll leave that as my final departing thought. Wherever you are, whether it's you know your ward or your stake or the job, maybe you maybe you don't even think it's a, a job that you're going to be in forever. Maybe it's a calling that you obviously won't be in forever. Maybe it's a ward that you think you know what we're only going to be here for a couple of years. We're going to outgrow this house and we're going to need to move. Whatever the case is, plant yourself there. Be there and set yourself apart from the world, and the Lord will use your talents as you as you plant yourself and say, Lord. Here I, am, here I am. Let me serve. I want to consecrate my all. The Lord will give you spiritual gifts. He'll give you spiritual discernment. These are the things that we read about in sections 46 and 50. As you set yourself apart from the world, he will use you as he did W.W. Phelps to bless the lives of those around you. But those things are magnified when you plant yourself where you are and grow where you're planted. As we seek to let our roots grow 
deep into gospel soil, the Lord will bless us, will bless you, and will use you to bless the lives of those around you. Thanks for listening this week. Best of luck in your study, and I hope you will continue uh, joining me as we progress down uh, the Come Follow Me journey this year in in the Doctrine and Covenants. Uh, Best of luck this week, and I hope to talk to you soon.